are so excited that you joined us for worship. Our pastors and church family are praying that the favor of God will be on your life and that this word will help propel you into greater purpose. We hope that you are blessed by the following message. Luke chapter 14 and verse number 16. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. We thank you for your power being displayed among us. Thank you for being Jesus. Thank you for being Jesus. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. We're going to continue in this series entitled The Table. I want to thank God, and excuse me if I butcher your last name, Pastor Byron Connolly. Am I getting it right? Someone like that. Yes, forgive me if I butchered it. This is Jamar's father, and I just want to honor him. Thank you so much. Would you stand, sir? From Texas, we give God glory. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We're praying for you and your entire family. Um, Luke chapter 14, 16, the Bible says, and then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant supper time, excuse me, sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are ready. Verse number 18, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. I want to minister a message this afternoon entitled, leave it at the door. Leave it at the door. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, if it was up to me, I would have opened the series with this message. Um, but it wasn't up to me. I'm God's servant. He had something else in store uh, for you all because I think that this message is very, very important for the series of thoughts that we're establishing as it relates to the table. We have been in this parable in Luke chapter 14 for uh, this will be our third week. And we've been evaluating this parable because we understood that it needed for which really I could preach on it for eight um, but, but, but for the sake um, of, 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 of giving this parable the opportunity to live in our lives, we had to search out the symbolism, had to look at the stuff beneath the surface that God wanted to say to us. And one of the things we understood is that the feast or the table represented the kingdom of God. I'll do a quick review. And the house of God, the kingdom of God. And the house of God. And one of the things that we have mentioned in this series is that the table is the place where destinies and people intersect. Place where destinies and people intersect is where community is born out of. It's where resource is given. Somebody say at the table. Yeah. And so uh, we understand that about the table, but we went even a little further last week to understand that there was more than a table in the midst of this, this story. There was also a master, a master or the one who was doing the inviting. And we said that in the context of this parable, that the master represented God himself, right? Represented God himself. So God himself is giving an invitation to his kingdom or even his house or the house of God to the table okay last week as we jumped in to this series further we talked about how out of verse number 21 that we were all accepted to the table 
Doesn't matter if we were poor, lame, blind, uh, uh, or, or maimed. That no matter who we were, we all had a seat at the table. And I preached a message entitled, I'm Accepted. How many were blessed by that message last week? Uh, I'm accepted. And so I think we need to now retract, go back a little bit, and to see what God wants to say to us um, out of some of these verses that we kind of skipped over. The, the, the verses between 16 and 18 begin to tell us how the invitation went out. Then the Bible begins to talk about how the response or the first response to the invitation was excuses. Um, I used to do social marketing. Some of you know it as network marketing. And there, and I was excellent. I mean, I, I mean, I was great, you know. I could sell you anything, child. I could sell you er dirty draws. Do you understand me? And have you convinced that you should wear them? I, child, I could sell. But, um, but when I was selling, we used to say a statement, and, uh, and, uh, and I love this quote. And the, the, the actual author of the quote is unknown, and there's many variations of this quote. But just listen. Excuses are the tools of the incompetent used to build monuments of absolutely nothing. I'll say it one more time. Excuses are the tools of the incompetent used to build monuments of absolutely nothing. And... Uh, and, and I would start all my business meetings with that, you know, to kind of fire them up and get them encouraged to go out there and sell those dirty draws. And, and um, it's so vitally important that you realize that excuses, excuses um, can cause death to your destiny. I really want you to write that down today, okay? Excuses can cause death to your destiny, to a certain part of your destiny. I'm not saying that it's all a wrap. But I'm telling you, there's certain parts of your destiny that when you present the excuses, and I'll give you Bible for it in a minute, it can exclude you from the opportunity to enter in to certain places and spaces in God's given destiny for you. Excuses. Everybody say excuses. Excuses uh, are not new to mankind. A matter of fact, we saw excuses in Genesis. God came talking to Adam. Adam! Why did you eat the fruit? I don't know why you Christians call it an apple. The Bible doesn't say it's an apple. So I'm very confused by that. But it did say fruit. He said, why? Why did you eat the fruit? He said, it was this woman you gave me. She didn't even have a name anymore. That's when you know it's serious. Come on, husbands. <laughs> That's when you know it's serious. This woman you gave me. No, no name today. This woman. So he said, it was this woman. And she turned, he looked at the woman, and she said, it was the serpent. Do you see that from the beginning of time, you as mankind, we as mankind have tried to put blame on others for things that we ought to take responsibility for? It blessed me because I realized this ain't new, the stuff I deal with. That people, people have been giving God excuses from the beginning of time. But at some point in time, I wish I had a church say some point in time. Some point in time, somebody has to take responsibility of their own actions. I've never seen nothing like this except in 2017 that grown people, I mean grown people, want to blame everybody else why you didn't succeed. It wasn't, it wasn't that ex-boyfriend. It wasn't your mama them. It wasn't your daddy. It wasn't your boss, baby. At some point in time, you've got to take responsibility and say, it was me. 
Yeah, I did it. It was me. And so, and so we see here that excuses have become for many a way of life. Excuses have become a way of life and that God wants us to deal with these excuses. God does not like excuses. We dealt with it last week and we told you that even when they gave the excuses, the Bible say, and the master became angry. Who's the master? It is God. God frowns upon your excuses. I didn't expect for you to holler a lot doing this. It looked like a massacre in Compton when I left there. So I expect the same here. You've got to be in a space of understanding that your excuses have to go. That's not the only person. Remember Jeremiah? Jeremiah. Uh, here's God calling, giving him an invitation. Come on, dude. I'm about to make you up. You're about to be one of the baddest prophets that ever lived. This is my version of the Bible. You, you about to, you about to do this thing. And God's like, come on, Jeremiah. Here's the invitation. And Jeremiah says, I cannot speak for I am a youth. Watch God's response. He said, do not say you are a youth. In my version of the Bible, shut up. Uh, uh, God got really right into the situation and said, close your mouth. I don't want to hear your excuse. And a matter of fact, he went even further. Vera, and he told him, you're going to go to who I send you to. Uh -oh. In other words, you're going to do what I tell you to do. You're not going to. I'm tired of your excuses. Can I tell you what I heard from heaven while I was studying? God is tired of your excuses. Go say amen sick of your excuses and interesting enough is that these excuses oftentimes are not really real <laughs> it's stuff we made up in our head it's, it's up. do you know idols can talk if you don't study scripture, you wouldn't know that. But if you, if you study scripture, you find out that idols, you know, they do a little bit talking in the heart. A little bit talking in the heart. Uh, giving you advice. And you, if you're not careful, man, uh, you'll un end up listening to idols over listening to God. If, if you're not careful, you'll end up mistaking the voice of God for your own voice. And from that place, create excuses and say that God told you. When the truth is that God hasn't spoken to you in a couple of weeks. Um, are you here? Um, it's, it, uh, let's, let's just walk through scripture. Let me, let me, let's just walk through Let's evaluate the excuses here in Luke chapter 14. Some of them are going to be very familiar to you. Some of them you're going to be like, I, I heard that somewhere before. It came out of you. You're, you're going to really enjoy this or not. Here is the next verse. Verse number 18. Um, he said, but they all in with one accord. That messed with me. That messed with me right there. All with one accord. With one accord. They were all at the same time. Bringing demise to their destiny. In unity. Um, in, 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 uh, in connection, excuses came forward. Kind of reminds me of people who don't want success. 
So whatever success looks like for you. So they find other people who don't have success. And on one accord, they don't have success. And they speak negativity upon those who do have success. I find is that most people who have a problem with people that are successful at any level in their lives are people who are not successful. I've learned that people who hate me want to be me. Yeah, yeah, people, that's what I've learned. It, it, if you really would grab a hold of that, you'll stop being so angry. I get flattered a little bit. I start blushing. I'm a warlock. <laughs> My church is a cult. I mean, I just start blushing and stuff. Why? Why? Because I realize that really you only admire me and don't know how to communicate it properly. I'm not going to talk fast today. I know y'all used to me talking real fast. I'm going to talk real slow and methodical today. It's not, it's not going to be one of them. It's going to be really slow and methodical. So I, I want you to really hear this. And so here in the, in the verses, they were all in one accord. Just watch who you're in one accord with. That's all I'm saying. Just watch it. Just watch it. Watch who you're in one accord with. Because who you connect with, man. That's why the Bible says, and we use it as a positive, a, a, a three... A three-strained cord cannot easily be broken. And now we love to use that for covenant in God. We don't think about it much when it comes to connections and friendships. Why was God saying it's not easily broken, Vera? He was saying it's not easily broken in Scripture because all that stuff that's in them starts tying into you. I don't have Starbucks with everybody because everybody can't sit at the table. Not this table. Everybody's welcome here. I'm talking about the table at my coffee, the Starbucks table. Everybody's welcome here. Everybody's not welcome there. Uh, because I have to be a little bit choosy. Are y'all rocking with me today? All right, let me keep moving. So the Bible says... Here's the first excuse. This one messed with me. Look at this stupid excuse. I mean, it's just the dumbest I ever heard of. No, that's a lie. I've heard worse. It said, I have bought a piece of ground. I must go and see it. I asked that I be excused. Now, you must be the biggest idiot because nobody buys property before seeing it. That's what I'm saying. We start making up these excuses real time to the point that we don't realize how stupid we sound. Everybody else is holding their head like, that sounds so dumb. Like, you keep telling everybody that? Like, no, and some of us are not. Some of us are actually moved by the dumb excuses. Are you in here? I'm coming for everyone, so I just want you to know. Because God came for me while I was studying, so I'm going to come for everybody, too. I'm going to give you what I got. <laughs> so uh, it, it just it, it sounds so off. But what he's, what he's communicating is that his stuff, his, 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 uh, his prosperity is more important than his God. More important than the invitation given by the master. 
What I'll receive out there while serving my land is more important than what I'll receive at your table, Mr. Master. Uh, yeah, so when people end up praying and we fast with you, believe God that you will no longer be broke, that you would have a job. And we pray and fast and we really believe God, speak scriptures over you, that you will miraculously get employment. And then once you get employment, it becomes the excuse of why you can't come to the table. Told you you weren't going to like me. The same God. That helped you get the job. Is <laughs> the same God that you throwing the job back in his face. We say stuff like, my season has changed. Spell season. What that is, is a Christianized way of saying, I don't want you to be in my business. So I'm going to say stuff like, my season changed. Which means that, as Dr. Jaquette so eloquently preached from the chair, is that I change my mind. I want to do something different. I would prefer, um, I believe God would prefer you just be man or woman enough to say that. Stop lying on my dad. Just stop it. Because somebody say, just stop it. Just stop it. You don't have to lie on God. If, you, if you're so big, you're so big and bad, you're so bad and bougie, why don't you man up, woman up, and say what it is? I don't want to be here no more. I don't want to do that anymore. But you've been trained by the Christians that came before you to lie on God. Amen. I'm not scared of any of you have a plane to catch right after this. I'm going to LAX and heading out of town. Uh, here, here we go. Is your stuff more important than your God? Before you answer that, who do you move quickly for? That check? Or what God tells you to do? The reason. <laughs> Oh, God help me. The reason why many of us have chosen stuff or our job as priority is because our job, our boss, is our God. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Is that many of us have been in a place before where we're like, you know, I know if I clock in and I clock out. They're going to have a check for me. Come on, talk to me, church. Hey, man. If you clock in and you clock, you know, I know. I know. 15th, 30th, whenever you get paid. I know I'm going to have a check. Now, what you got, y'all trying to play. Some of you really feel like, I don't really know what you're going to do. I don't really know if you're going to come through. 
Y'all going to really act like that today, aren't y'all? I, I don't really know if you're going to do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose the people that I know is going to give me the check. And this destiny stuff, this drop who I am and follow you stuff, I'll leave it for everybody else. Y'all don't want to work it here. This stuff that you said to the 12, that they should drop their nets, what were their nets? Their nets were a representative of what they did as a vocation. He said, drop your nets. Drop the thing that made you money. I know this hard teaching y'all don't want to hear today. Drop it and follow Uh, so there's a choice here. Thought you get? Gotta choose God or I'm gonna choose stuff. Now, here's the great thing about God if you're really sticking there with Him, I'm a witness. He'll make sure every knees, one of your needs are met, and not only that, He'll give you the desires of your heart. I'm just telling you what I know. But if you're in such a rush and you want to be able to be the prostitute that you are to your boss, I worked the corner master. Where's my check? I clocked in. Give me my check, y'all. Are y'all in here? Is this thing? Is this on? Excuses of why God. And listen, I'm not just talking about the table of God's house. God has given you more than one invitation. He gave you one invitation into his house to be seated at the table. But then there's destiny moments all throughout your life that he gives you invitations to. And many of us have missed out on what God wanted to do because we made something else priority over his invitation. So I want to make it practical. Because not just the table being the house of God, but every table he's given you an invitation to. <laughs> everyone, everyone. Okay, so, so we, we come in, we're like, you know, uh, money's more important, God. Getting this check. See, I, when, you, when you lay out the stuff that we really say in our hearts but not really say happens over in our subconscious, then a lot of you are sitting there like, I would never, but you have. I would never talk to God like that. You did with your actions. Here's the second excuse. Are you rocking with me today? I still have a church. This, this second one really messed me. I, I love this. He says, he says, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to go test them. I ask that I may be excused. So here's again. Here's some stupid stuff. You bought something before you tested it? Really? What it sounds like is one of those made-up things, again, real-time excuses that come up, and a lot of times those real-time excuses are the stretching of the truth. The excuses we make up have truth to it, but not really the truth. We stretch it and make it mean something that it doesn't mean. Let me set you free. Let me tell them myself. So uh, I, I, I had one of my staff members make a, kept made a reservation for me um, at a hotel in the city that I'm flying to tonight. I said, Kat, need you to make the reservation. Friend ended up calling me 
friend end up calling me and saying that I'm going to be in, a, in, a, in, in the city as well. Let's, let's share the room. Let's share the room. And so I said, okay, we, we, can, we can share the room. So I said, um, I got to cancel the reservation. Thought about it, forgot about it. This morning, Dr. Jaquette said, did you cancel the reservation? I said, actually, I forgot. She said, well, you better cancel it because, you know, it has to be 24 hours in advance. I call to cancel my reservation. And the person was like, sir, um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything. I said, well, ma'am, my wife is about to have a child. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now, there's a couple of things happening in the room right now. There's a couple of things happening in the room right now. Some of you are like, what's wrong with that? She is pregnant. That's what's... That's what some of you are saying right now. That's what some of you are saying right now. And then the others of you who are on the side of truth is that, Apostle, you flat out lied this morning. And I did. Now, here's the difference between me and you. I'm willing to admit my wrongs. <laughs> but the reality is that many of you here sitting here right now while I'm preaching, faking like you had never stressed the truth before. That you know, and some of you, it's too much for you. My pastor lied this my show did. And got convicted on the way to church. I said, Lord, forgive me, God. I so messed up. I'm about to preach about me. I so stressed the truth. And I made up in my mind right then. I'm going to use that as material in my message. But how many times in life did you take a little bit of the truth and stretch it? To give excuse of why you shouldn't do what you should be doing. Ooh. And it seems so real to you too when you said it. You know, it's like the Bible talks about how when a lie, you start believing a lie like it's a truth. And you start shooting the truth like it's a lie. And I believe that God wants to deal with some people in San Bernardino, California today. And to pull the liar out of you and me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And to make sure we tell the truth. Priest Sherman. Thank you, Sherman. So... They came up, and he's like, I have to check. Just, it's just, just all this stuff, man. Excuses that don't make no sense. What has your excuse been? I really want you to evaluate today. It's going to be a sobering one. What, what, what is your excuse today? Why have you been telling God no to his invitations? Sad part is, some of us think that the invitation will always be open. I'm going to show you in a few minutes that you're wrong. Let's, let's, let's move to the next excuse. Now, this here, this one. It's verse 20 up. Put 20 up, y'all. Look at this. Ooh, look at this. I have married a wife. And I'm about to say something, and I mean it just the way it sounds. What in the hell? Because it comes from hell. Does that have to do with anything? I'm. I married a wife. Listen to me. It ain't that much sex in the world. Are you understanding me today? Y'all ain't doing it all day like that. You, 
You need to, y'all right, y'all, some of y'all look so stuck up. I mean, you just can't handle nothing. I know you ain't had nothing in a long time, so when you hear that word, it always ruffles you the wrong way. But, but listen to me. You, you, you know, it's only so much you can do. They use this as an excuse of why they can't come to the table. Remember I talked about how there was resource at the table? I've seen people, we pray and fast them through. I mean, single, you know, came off the ugly bus, we help them get their eyebrows arched. Prayed them edges through. I mean, it took some strong praying and fasting. See, some of, some of y'all edges, you need to thank God and keep them culture for it. Because the reason you did was because of that one time I laid hands on you. And that oil began to flow on those edges. It was that olive oil <laughs> and my miracle power that God got in me that brought them edges back to life. I know what I'm talking about. It's all right to smile in church, saints. I have to make you laugh in order for you to take this medicine. I promise I do. Uh, you, you, you done prayed these people through. They ain't got them a man. I mean, got them a man and use, use the gift as an excuse to ignore the giver. Told you I'm just talking slow today. Just, let's just talk a little bit. When you start turning and using the gift against the giver, it is one of the highest levels of disrespect and dishonor that you can give God. When the thing that you prayed for, believe God for, comes through then we often forget about God. We forget about his invitations. Could you imagine God seated on his throne giving these invitations to us and we're constantly telling him why we can't do it? And the stuff that we use against him is the stuff he gave us. God comes before family. I didn't say church, I said God. God comes before your old buckethead wife. God comes from your halitosis husband. God comes before those nippy head kids of yours. Somebody holler God. He comes before all of that. And when you start treating him like he's second class, because you're talking about family is a ministry, spell it. Family is a ministry. My family comes before all of y'all. Trust me. <laughs> family, I had to learn that. 
I had to learn that. But fam my family comes before all of y'all in here, and I love you, but you're not as important as my family to me in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, but let me tell you who comes before my wife as fine as she is. I've never seen nobody pregnant and just fine. Oh, my God. She posted a picture this week on Instagram. I was like, girl, I will jump you right now. Do you understand me? Right now. It's fine. But as fine as she is, she doesn't come before God. My wife has never tried this before, but if she would ever come to me to try to convince me to do something ulterior to the will of God, there would be a problem in my house. Y'all see, 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 see here. See here. Oh, you're like, well, we, you need to be in agreement. I don't need to be in agreement over what God told me to do. No, Y'all missing that. <laughs> I actually no I don't <laughs> if God told me to follow God I'm following God and if she never tried it she ain't ever act funny my wife has always come alongside anything God has ever said in all 12 years of our marriage in all, all of our time of being together she's never ever but I'm telling you you gotta choose God now wives you know, or husbands however y'all set up your house you know make sure dinner is on the table I don't mean you ignore your family, but you make sure the best lunch is set up on your way to church. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all missing this. You make sure the best stuff is set up, because what I've seen people do is the opposite. I've seen people cook amazing dinners for their pastor and left their poor husbands over there at the house. You idiot. You better give that man some and then get to the house of God. Do you understand me? You better learn how to do it right trying to help y'all stay married. Come here, I had to go. I had to go. I'm on, you know, they used to call it back in the day, pastor's aid committee. I, I'm on the pastor's aid committee. I had to go make pastor his, don't, don't bring my lunch, baby. If your husband ain't got no lunch, don't bring me none. Excuses. Told you I wasn't going to talk fast today. I'm going to talk slow. Just work with me. So they said, you know, I got married. So whatever God's talking about, represented as the master, doesn't really matter. Let me tell you what God did with their excuses. What you have to understand about excuses is that when God gives you invitations, whether it be to the table being the house of God, sit at the table to be a part of what he's doing and not to just be at the table, but to be engaged with the table. Because some of us are happy about the fact that we at least come to the table. Interesting thing is that in order to get the resource at the table, you've got to engage the table. Praise the Lord, lights. Um, in order to be able to get what you're supposed to get, you have to engage. Somebody holler back, engage. You have to actually engage the table. So happy you're here, but let's try engagement, okay? So the interesting thing is that in the midst of all that is happening here, we, we, we see that, 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 that the, 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 uh, the master becomes angry. And what does he do in response to them not accepting his invitation. 
he moves on to the replacement. Hello? I said he moves on to your replacement. Why am I telling you this? Because whatever invitation God is giving you to whatever table, not just the house of God, but the tables of your destiny, do not think that just because grace and mercy is real, that your invitation still will be. There are some invitations, you know, it messed me up. I've been watching my father a lot, my, my children to the point that my children are now telling me, my daughter told me, yeah, my daughter told me, Matthew Stevenson is my favorite preacher. I said, excuse me. She said, yes, uh, he's number one, mommy's number two, and you're number three. I said, oh. Why don't you move to Chicago and go to his church then? If he's so wonderful. So, but I've been listening to him a lot, particularly the message. I sent it out to all leadership teams. We have sent it out. Everybody has. The prophetess um, um, Crystal Johnson really brought it to the forefront of our house to pay attention to that. She did a call out, and I believe that it was a call to our entire movement. And, uh, and so we are all watching this video of the message that he preached here on this stage in January. And one of the things he said in January was beware, beware of pulling out or, or pulling yourself, and I paraphrase, out of the positions and the places where God has placed you. Because this time, there will be no return. He said, it's a warning. Anybody was here? Anybody heard that? He said, warning. He said, there will be no return. And not only that, is that you will have yourself replaced. So when I was reading the scriptures this past week, I was like, wow, how true is this that we oftentimes think that every invitation God gives us, that we're going to always have access to it. But, but, but actually, some invitations that's given by God, you'll never be able to walk into again. I'm not saying that he'll never give you another invitation to something else, but I'm telling you, you'll never, some stuff, I, I know this is strong today, some stuff you will never see again. Come on, y'all. You will never see again because you did not commit your yes to what God was saying. So the parable shows us this, that when you give up excuses, you give excuses, you, you run the, the, the possibility of losing your invitation. I just came by. That's what old preachers used to say. I just came by uh, to, to tell you this today. Stop the excuses. Wherever the excuses lie. Maybe the excuses are, and you really getting connected to a table. Maybe you've just been so sick of church and church people, you don't want to be at a table. So maybe God's telling you, stop blaming other people who are broken like you for the reason why you're not coming to my table. Why are we still... Blaming other broken people about what we're doing and the decisions that we're making. The truth is, there is no fruit of other control. There's only the fruit of self-control. Why did people ever feel like if we sat at the table that we weren't going to meet other broken people? There's broken people just like you. So you want to give the excuse? We don't have mean ushers here. I check them every week. They don't know. I'm always watching them. We don't have ushers anyway. Greet us. 
I mean, they most happiest looking people at that door. Now, we used to have mean ones. We do not have them anymore because all the mean ones got fired. Hello. Yes, replace. But these beautiful faces, let's say somebody banging their foot up against the door. And then all of a sudden had to turn around and greet you and somehow their face was contorted because they just banged their foot and you don't know. You get frustrated because they look at you funny and you say, I'll never go to that church or that table again because the greeters are mean. Let's say the greeters were really just mean. Say they were having a bad morning. They were evil to you. Are you going to let another broken person stop you from getting what you're supposed to get at the table? Why do you have the expectation that when you come to the table, you'll never meet broken people like you? Notice I keep saying like you. Maybe, maybe you made vows in yourself that certain types of people you'll never fool with. I dealt with it last week. I don't remember if I told it here, but I said forever. I told anybody who ever got in a personal relationship with me, I love you so much, do anything. Never lie to me. I said, never lie to me. I was in prayer last week, and God slept and swept right into my prayer time. He said, you've been blocking your ministry. I said, sir, please explain. I feel like I'm one of the most long-suffering people on the planet, God. Look at my pride just talking. <laughs> Help me to understand what you mean. He said, you have made the statement that people should never lie to you. And the truth is, Sherman, that if you really evaluate your ministry journey, you have turned your nose to liars. You made an inner vow. You didn't drop them. You didn't push them away. But you did treat them different. Y'all don't want to like this today. So in my prayer time, can I expose myself? God began to deal with me. And he said, either you're going to love my children or you're not. Either you're going you're gonna to love, you're going to love whoever they are. You're going to love, you're going to love those that sleep around. You're going to love those that, that make huge mistakes. And you've got to love the liar. So in my own prayer time, I begin to say to God, I love liars. Y'all ain't say about that. Mexican liars, white liars, Asian liars, black liars. I love liars. I've been walking around talking about I love liars. Why in the world would I make that kind of confession? Because God loves everybody. And if God's love is supposed to flow through me, I can't pick and choose who I love. Y'all don't want to hear this today. I can't pick and choose who God moves through. I've got to love every individual the way that he loves them. Why am I saying this to you? How are you going to come to the table? Some of you came to the table like me and decided which broken people you will never fool with. What broken people you're going to push away? But I made a decision in my life. I'm going to receive every type of broken individual. You blaming others? Or why you haven't controlled the way you respond? You're blaming others? 
because of why something didn't happen. If you have an issue and an art, the Bible says take it to your brother. It doesn't say to be somewhere offended. Are you running it by everybody and their mama before you talk to the person that offended you? And you make up lies like you know them better than I know them, so I wanted to check this through you. I've been talking to lots of people around here, specifically the prophetic people. I trained them. I said, stop listening to offenses that people have with the house, with people in the house, with me, with her. Like, take them jokers by the hand and bring them. Stop telling people, go and talk to them. They never do. Take them by the hand. By the hand. Are y'all in here today? Take them by the hand and say, I'm going to take you to. But here's the problem. You know why easily, how, why it's so easy for you to be offended? Because you forgot that you used to be the offender. Selective amnesia. It's easy for you to sit there and point the fingers. They shouldn't do it like that. This person should have handled me like that. Because you forget when you handle somebody wrong. This is what I've learned. People will measure you by a rod that they refuse to measure themselves by. Measure your entire life and won't take the same rod and measure themselves. Why are you saying all this to us, to us today, Apostle? I just want you to stop the excuses. Get to the table. Get engaged with the table. Grow with the table. I've seen so many of you, because I don't want to just kind of uh, magnify anything negative. Can I tell you how many people I've seen grow this year? Can I tell you how many amazing people I've seen develop? People who, I, for a while, I never even knew their name. And then all of a sudden, got into the place where they were really like engaging God's table and growing as a person. And growing in their development. And sometimes, it, you, you can be able to hear me bashing stuff that's hell. Because I hate hell. Because sometimes you might miss the opportunities for me to explain to you all of the great things that are happening inside of this table. I've seen more people prosper than I've seen fail. I've seen more people respond great in their character than I have seen them cuss somebody out. I've seen more affirmers than I've seen gossipers. I've seen more people who are willing to go the long run in God than quitters. I have seen so much more and it's all been happening at the table. Receive God's invitation. Do what he's telling you to do and step into where he's telling you to go. I know they make a scream and holler today. Didn't plan on it. Wanted you to be sober. I want you to think. And I want you to get rid of every excuse that you've given. Lift your hands. Right now, let a sound of repentance come up in this house. Right where you are, make an altar at your seat and repent for every single excuse. Every single excuse. Don't you miss this moment. Engage it fully. Give him. Give him your whole heart. 
and, and let him know, Father, for every invitation, not just to the table, but in the house of God, and not just for what you've called for me to do inside of it, but Father, I repent for giving you excuses for every and any table that you've invited me to. And I've given you excuses of why I can't engage you. doesn't have to be boisterous. Take a minute. Take a minute. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We would love for you to come worship with us here again at Kingdom Culture Worship Center. We are all about being real people, serving a real God, and changing lives. Have a blessed week.